Good morning, everybody. Great to see all of you today. Let me welcome all the campuses today. Let me let them know who I am. I'm the pastor of Love and Truth Ministries, and I'm the one who comes weekly uh, into your life. And so we're glad to be able to join with you today. And we're believing that something has already happened dynamically in your life, but we're believing as we gather together today that the power of the Spirit of God is going to minister to each and every one of you today. And we're thankful for that. And from here in the Jackson campus, we just say welcome today. In fact, why don't we welcome all of our campuses today? Can we do that together? Amen. I've been talking to you, I began last week talking to you on the subject of what you need, you already have. And in the sense of that, let me just kind of set it up for you just for a moment. Uh, When you come to Jesus Christ, when you enter into a relationship with Him, the Word of God lets us know that greater is He that's in you than he that is in the world. And so whatever it is that you are going to need in your life, He has already brought into your life. Our problem is, is that so often we're looking out there somewhere. We're we're trying to figure out out how do we get it out there, and yet the Word of God lets us know that it's near us. In fact, last week we talked about uh, what what the Word of God says is in our mouth. The, the, The Word of God lets us know that there's power in your mouth. The Scripture says, what is nigh thee, even in your mouth, the Word of God. And so as we talked about that last week, we saw how that in everyday living, we can take the Word of God, we can apply the Word of God, we can use that Word to create our destiny, to create what we want to see happen each and every day in our life. I'm going to ask you this morning to take your Bibles and go to the book of 2 Kings, the Old Testament book of 2 Kings, the the fourth chapter. And we're going to continue on this subject of uh, what you need, you already have. And and today we're going to look in this passage of 2 Kings, the fourth chapter, verse 1 and 2. It says, A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. Now, I want to tell you, she's in a desperate place. You believe that? I mean, she, she is in a mess. And her husband has uh, walked in relationship with the prophet. And so she's coming to the man of God and saying, look, we got some issues here. Uh, the, the next verse there, verse 2 says, so Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Last week, we talked about what was in your mouth. We talked about power. Today, we're going to talk about what's in your house. And you know what's in your house? Here's what's in your house. Provision is in your house. Let me say that again because I don't think, let me just talk to the campuses. Provision is in your house. It, it is whatever it is that you need. I mean, she comes to the, to the man of God. She shows up, and, and she is in a desperate need. Have you, have you ever desperately needed something? You ever faced that moment where, where you needed God to show up? I mean, in fact, some of us would have taken anything at that moment. I mean, we, we might, I'm not going there, I'll be careful. Uh, but, but we would have been glad for anybody to have shown up at that moment uh, to have helped us. And that, that's where she's at. And, and here's what I found out, is that until we come to the end of ourselves, we never come to the beginning of God. 
As long as you can do it yourself, as long as you can handle it yourself, as long as you can make it happen yourself, you're never ever going to move into that place where you are finding the presence and the power of God. And so she is at that moment. I mean, she is, she, everything is gone. I mean, uh, in, in that day and age when, when you went into debt, uh, there, there wasn't the whole process of, of just going down to the courthouse and saying, well, you know, I can't pay my debts. And they say, okay, you can file chapter 11 or chapter 13 or chapter 489 for some people. I'm going to move on. But, but what would happen in that day is, is that if, if you didn't have the money to pay them back, they would put you into servitude. You would become a slave to the person that you owed money to. And, and so she is at that moment. She is in the, the face of that where the creditors are coming, and they're going to take her two sons, and they are going uh, to put them into slavery. They're going to have to work off uh, this debt, and, and very possibly this debt is going to take the rest of her son's lives to pay over. And so she comes uh, to, the, to the man of God. She comes to that, that man uh, because he, here's, here's the key that everybody's got to understand. There's a miracle in your house. D- d- let, me, let me help you again. There's a miracle in your house. In, in fact, do this. Would you just turn to your neighbor and say, there's a miracle in your house? You say, well, I I don't know if there's a miracle in my house. Yeah, there's a miracle in everybody's house. She came to the man of God, and she said, I'm in a mess. And he said to her, what do you want me to do? And you know what what I think she wanted him to do? Abracadabra. All right, let me back it up. Let me be spiritual. In the name of Jesus. All right, that's what most Christians want. Most Christians want magic. They don't want miracles. They want somebody to wave a wand. They want somebody to say the right words. They want somebody just to, oh, just make it all happen. And and so the man of God said, what do you want? What what is it that you want me to do? And then the next question, just following up on that, he said to her, what's in your house? He didn't say, what's in my house? He said, what's in your house? Now, here's here's what I I, want to help you with. She said, well, the only thing I've got uh, is a little bit of oil. Now, here's what I've found through the years. Everything great starts with something small. I mean, it, it's, it starts small. It, it, it doesn't start off full-blown in your life. The, the, the miracle that you're needing is not already there. It starts off with something small. And she said, all that I've got, all that's in the house, see what you need you already have. What's in the house is just a little bit of oil. You know what Elisha does? (laughs) Elisha at that moment, he just says, go. He didn't say pray. He didn't say consider. He didn't say let's talk about it. He didn't say let's contemplate the great issues of your life. He said, go. Some of you need to understand that there are times when you have a mess in your life or you have a need in your life that God really doesn't want to spend a whole lot of time talking about the mess. See, God, God is not focused on the need. God's focused on the solution. What, whatever it is that you're struggling with, whatever it is that you are going through, God, God sees that, but God is so much bigger than what your need is. We're sitting here today, we're going, God, I've got this need. And he goes, so? All right, let me rephrase it. He says, go? 
right? I mean, the, uh, Elisha, uh, he, he's not, I mean, you would think that he would have taken, you know, 30 seconds at least uh, to, to sit and hold her hand and say, you poor little darling. I am so sorry for you. I, your husband was a good man. He loved God. He served me. He walked in integrity. He, he was, I mean, he, do you notice, I mean, he just cuts right to the chase. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hurt some of you. Sometimes we get so caught up in the misery of the situation that we miss the miracle of the moment. Did you hear me? You get so caught up in what's happening and how bad it is and all the things that you miss out on God showing up and performing a miracle in your life. And, and so, what? And, and you know what he says, go and borrow vessels, not a few, and he goes through this whole thing. What he tells her to do doesn't make any sense. Here's what I found out about God. Most times when God speaks to you, it does not make sense. In fact, I've about determined if it makes sense, it's probably not from God. You know, if it's real logical and, and, and it's real, makes, you know, well, I can do that. I, it, it's probably, God's probably not in it. But if it's just one of those off-the-wall things. I mean, his, his direction to her is, what do you got in your house? She said, a little bit of oil, and we'll, we'll kind of go through this in a few minutes. And he says, well, he says, go to your neighbors and borrow vessels. And he said, don't borrow a few. Now, let's get this picture. I'm already in debt. And you want me to go borrow on top of my debt. Now, that is the dumbest thing ever. Right? I mean, if I owe you $10,000, you don't want me coming in and saying, hey, by the way, I can't pay that. Could you give me another ten? I mean, you're going to look at me and go, what's wrong with you? I mean, you, you've owed me this for to 10 years, and you hadn't paid it back, and now you've got the audacity to come and ask me for a little bit more? And yet, that's exactly what the man of God said to her. He said, go to your neighbors and borrow vessels, and he said, don't borrow a few. Now, I want to show you what's in your house, and over the next few minutes, I want to help you to take what's in your house and to use it in the kingdom of God and to see the blessings of God come, and it's really as simple as ABC, all right? I'm, I'm going to give you an A, a B, and a C. It's that simple in, in what we do. Look in verse 3. He said to her, then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere. I mean, can you imagine? This woman knocking on your door. She's your neighbor. She says, I need, I need vessels. What do you need vessels for? Because the prophet said to come get them. And I mean, she, and you, you look at her, and, and she's got, a, a, got an ox cart. She didn't have a Volkswagen or a Mercedes. She had an ox cart. And there's, there's all kind of stuff stacked up in vessels in that ox cart. And, and you watch her. She goes from neighbor to neighbor to neighbor borrowing vessels. Go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. I mean, what, come on, would it not made more sense to go to your neighbor and say, could I have a vessel with some oil already in it? Give me a little seed. Have you ever heard about anybody talk about seed? You know, I mean, it, it, it's, it's always better to have a little bit of seed than it is to have nothing. I mean, great, great theology from, from a song back in the 70s. Nothing from nothing. 
Billy, yeah, you know, he, nothing from nothing leaves nothing, right? And so if I can get just a little bit of something, then, then there'll be, but he says, get empty vessels. And he said, don't gather just a few. The A and the ABCs here is action. You, you've got to do something. We, we've got too many people sitting around wanting God to do it all. Well, if God would just do something, if God would just show up in my family, if God would just help me, if, if God would just come down, and, and God's saying, wait a minute, are you doing anything? Well, hallelujah. Here, here's what I found through the years is you've got to do what you can do before God does what he can do. And, and as long as we are just sitting back and waiting and thinking it's going to come through osmosis or whatever, we think if we just show up enough at church, you know, things will happen. Well, they'll happen, but it may not be the thing that you want to happen. And so what, what's got to happen in our lives is, is that we've got to get involved. Now, now let me, let, let's talk about this aspect of provision. All right, we, we live in a nation that's very blessed. We live in a nation uh, that even in the midst of a great uh, economy that, that is messed up right now and we're all nervous, we still only have a 9% unemployment rate. I will take you to most of the countries of the world that have an 80 to 90% unemployment rate. They would be thrilled. In just a few weeks, I'm going to Kenya. When we get there, the unemployment rate in Kenya is over 85%. They would be thrilled to come to America and only have 9% unemployment. But having said that, if you are part of that 9%, it's no fun. If you're in that place where you're needing provision, you're going, wait a minute, what in the world is going on here? And here's what's got to happen. Instead of us always saying, Lord, I just wish you would pour it out, we've got to do some things. She had to go to her neighbors. I, I'm, I'm going to help you here. So, some of you need to learn some words. Here's one of the words you need to learn, budget. Pastor, that's not a good biblical word. No, but it will keep the Bible rolling good in your life. Budget. So some of us have no clue how to live within our means. We're, we're trying to live like the government, and you can't print money without going to jail. All right? So you need to learn the word budget. The second couple of words you need to learn is cutting back. If you don't have the money to eat at the nicest restaurant, then go to the one that's not as nice. And if you don't have that money, eat at home. Well, Pastor, what has that got to do with receiving everything I need in life? It's got everything. Listen, God cannot bless disorder. Any area of your life that is out of order, God can't bless. So some, some of you are here today, and, and you, you, you are, you've heard me say this before, but you need to go home today and have plastic surgery. Now, I don't need to mean that you need to call up the doctor and get scheduled for an appointment. I mean, you need to go home and find some scissors and pull out some credit cards and get to work. Well, Pastor, that's how I live. Yeah, that's why you're in the mess you're in. Boy, this is just real painful, isn't it? I, I, we probably wouldn't even be able to give this series away. 
because it's just really too much in your life, isn't it? I mean, we, we've got to come to that place. Uh, you know, there, there's, got to, there's got to be a way to do this. Here, here's another word some of you need to learn, and that word is tithing. Oh, hallelujah. Well, now, he's going to get on that money thing. Yeah, I am, because the Word of God says that if you're a tither, that God will rebuke the devourer for your sake. He'll open up the windows of heaven and pour you out blessings that you're not able to contain. And you know what? I don't just preach this. I live this. I've, I've lived it now for almost 33 years. Sherry and I have been married, and we've lived it every week, every moment of our life. And you know what? We're blessed. We see the presence of God and the power of God poured out in our life. Every time we have a need, God shows up, and that need is met. All right? So, so you, you've got to get in, involved in, in action. D- determine what you've got. She said, I've got a little bit of oil. What have you got at home? You looked in your closet lately? Have a yard sale. Get on eBay. Sell some stuff. Well, I might use it. You ever seen that show, Hoarders? I mean, some of us are renting facilities to store stuff that we don't even know where it's at or what it is. Here's, can I, let me, the B and the C will be easier. I told you it was easy as ABC, but I didn't know it was going to affect you this bad. Here's a rule of thumb. If you haven't seen it or worn it in six months, get rid of it. Action. Everybody say action. action. Look at verse 4 and 5. He said, and when you have come in, you will shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it into all those vessels. In other words, the oil that you have, pour it and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. The B is you've got to believe. I've got to get involved, but secondly, I've got to believe. As a believer, as a, you know, we call ourselves believers. What are we believing in? I want to tell you, I believe in the Word of God more than the Word of man. I believe that God is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God, my provider. I, I truly believe that God wants me to prosper and to be in health even as my soul prospers. And, and so I'm, I'm just going to learn to stand on the Word of God. The Bible says that, that she brought her family in and she shut the door. And, and she begins to move in faith. So, some of us need to have a faith infusion. Now let me help you. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the words of your neighbors. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the words of the news broadcasters. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the words of the economic advisors. No, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by, he's real descriptive, by the Word of God. We talked about this last week. That's why I started with the Word, because if you don't have the Word in you, you have nothing to stand on to believe in. But if you believe in the Word of God, and if you've got the Word of God in you, then when you've done all to stand, you just stand. And the winds come, and the waves rock the boat, and all the stuff, but you just stand. See, faith is the ability 
to believe things that you can't see. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So my faith is the ability to see things that haven't come into fruition yet. I don't see them yet, but I know what God is doing. And so whatever it is, what provision you need today in your life, whatever it is, you, you, you've got to find that thing. I've just, Pastor, all I've got is a little bit of oil. Great, there's some oil in the house. I mean, I don't even have time to go into the, all the analogy of what oil symbolizes, the Holy Spirit and all. And, and as long as you've got the Holy Spirit, you've got everything you need. But I don't have time to chase that one. So you can go home and do that. All right? What, what is it in your house? I don't, I, Pastor, I have nothing but. I have nothing but this. I have nothing but that. Listen, whatever it is that you have left, it is enough. The miracle is in your house. The provision is in your house. You already have it. You just don't know it yet. My marriage is in a mess. What do I need? Well, we can't even talk to each other. We can't even get along. We, ha we don't have anything in our marriage. Yeah, you do. You got some pictures of the day you got married. Hallelujah. Go home. Pull them out. Start praying over them. I, I got this kid, and they're, they're just, they're, they've, they've turned their back on God and everything. Go, go, go back to that moment where you've dedicated them to the Lord. Lord, I don't have anything today, but, but I got that moment. So some of you are struggling in what God's called you to do and, and what you're supposed to do with God, and you kind of feel like you're on a shelf today, and you say, Pastor, I don't, I don't have anything, but, but I have a call that I got back there. And so you go in your prayer closet, and, and you begin to say, Lord, it's not much. It's, it seems like little, but here's what I found out. Little is much when God is in it. So it doesn't seem like I've got a whole lot, but as a believer, I'm just going to believe. I, I, I'm, I'm going I'm to operate today with my belief. See, here's, here's the deal. Faith operates at the level of obedience. People say, well, I've got great faith. And I look at them and say, no, you don't. You say, how can you say that? Because their obedience is way down here. If your obedience is here, your faith can't be here. The reason I know this woman had faith is because, first of all, she did what the man of God told her to do. And so because she did what the Word of God told her to do, the man of God told her to do, her faith and her works lined up. James says, show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. Faith operates at the level of obedience. The Bible says that when she got to the last vessel, she said, bring me another one. They said, we don't have any more. The Bible says the oil ceased. No more vessels, no more oil. Why? Because she had obeyed at that level. If she'd had 10 more vessels, the faith would have kept operating and the oil would have kept pouring. Come on, I don't, I don't have time to work this, but you need to get it. Well, I, I want to have great things happen in my life. Then be a great obeyer. Be a person who walks in obedience. If, if God even thinks it, just do it. If you even think God whispered it, just run after it. Don't wait for the thundering tones of heaven. Don't wait for God to send down angels and, and, and all these things from the heavenlies. Just say, wait a minute, I, I think God might want me to do it. I'm going to do it. 
Because in that level of obedience, your faith rises to that, and God begins to bring it about. Look at verse 6 and 7. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full. Boy, I love that. She said to her son, bring me another vessel. He said to her, there's not another vessel, so the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your sons live on the rest. The third aspect, the A, B, and the C, is confidence. See, when you go from the place of action and you move into the place of belief, then God begins to bring about what you need, and then you can walk in confidence. I've quoted this before, uh, but, but years ago, Will, uh, Will Rogers says, it ain't bragging if you've done it. See, when, when it's working in your life, when, when you are, listen, when I already have the substance, I don't need faith. I, I can just walk into your life and say, look here, look what God's done. Why? Because now I've got confidence in what God is going to do. See, my confidence is shown by my action how I'm living. My confidence, though, is based on my history with God. Don't miss it. The reason that this lady could so quickly be obedient is because she had a husband who had walked in relationship with the man of God for all these years, and she knew that when the prophet said, this is what God wants you to do, that if she would do it, it would happen. And so as soon as he said it, she said, I can do that. Why? Because her husband had been a prophet, and her confidence was in God. The Bible says God is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God, your provider. The Scripture says he desires to give good things to his children. And yet we walk around so often afraid. Well, I don't, I'm afraid this is going to happen. I'm afraid that's going to, I, I don't think it's ever going to happen for me. I don't think it's ever going to take place. And, and people get all weirded out when a pastor will stand before a congregation and say, let me tell you something, God desires to bless his children. And they say, I don't believe that. I, I believe that you ought to have to suffer and you ought to have to go through this. And, and listen, I'm not telling you that you won't have moments of lack. I won't tell you uh, that you won't go through times of trouble and torment. But here's what I know. When you come to the end of yourself and you get a word from God, that word from God is all you need and it will bring about a miracle in your life. Now, now watch this and we'll wrap all this up. The Bible says that when she got all the vessels to her house, that she shut the door. I think, I think it's important to understand that. I, I think here's what she was doing. She was only allowing in the people who had believed in what the Word of God said. The only people she allowed in that day was herself and her two boys. She was not going to allow anybody to steal her vision. Some of you need to learn how to shut the door. There was a song a few years back that said, shut the door and keep out the devil. Some of you need to learn to shut the door and keep out the devil. And the devil sometimes walks in shoe leather. Sometimes shows up as your closest friend. Sometimes calls you and has your cell phone number. 
sometimes will text you and tweet you and Facebook you and everything else they can do. But what you've got to learn to do is shut the door. Because I want to tell you, when you are in a desperate situation, and there may not be anybody who's here that's having a desperate situation, but when you are in a desperate situation, the last thing you need are the naysayers. You don't need the people to show up in your life at that moment who always have the last negative thing that's going down the pike. You need to learn that when you're getting ready to have a miracle, that you shut the door on some people. You say, I don't believe that's biblical. That, that's, really, that's really rude. Really? Remember when Jesus went to pray for the little girl who had died? Jairus' daughter? Remember that story? He goes to pray for Jairus' daughter, and they're screaming and wailing. And, you know, they're hollering, oh, she's dead, dead, dead. Then he said, shut up. Okay, that's not what King James says, but I think that's what he meant. Shut up. The baby's not dead. Oh, she's dead. We saw her. She's dead. He said, get out. Shut up, get out. Leave. And he didn't, he didn't even take all 12. He just took three because he knew Judas was going to be messed up and he knew Thomas was going to doubt it. And so he just takes Peter, James, and John. They go in and at that moment he says, Daughter, arise. Why? Because he knew that the wrong influence could steal the miracle. The reason, and I'm hurrying to a close, the reason that some of us are in desperate situations is because we are allowing the wrong influence in our life. And there are moments that you've got to shut the door and say, I'm not letting anybody in my life right now who does not have faith. If you start talking negative, I love you, but I'm shutting the door on you. Because I've got to have a miracle in my life and in my house. So here's the question today. What's in your house? Pastor, there's nothing in my house. My, my finances are messed up. Go find something. Take whatever it is. Take, take a... Take a checkbook that's overdrawn and go into a prayer closet and begin to say, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I don't have hardly anything, but here's what I've got. You're needing provision in an aspect of your life today that may seem impossible. And you think there's no hope. I mean, how many times do we say, oh, there's no hope in this situation? Some of you are dealing with sickness, and, and your body has gone through some, some changes and all what, what you need. You say, I don't, I don't have anything. I'm sick. I don't have anything. Listen, get a picture of what you used to look like. I, I've, I've got this issue in my I've got heart problems. I've got this, and they've told me I've got, I've got a valve that's, you know, 90% blocked. Won't you draw a picture of a heart that's 100% whole? Well, that just doesn't make sense. Well, it didn't make sense to go borrow vessels when you're already broken, busted, and owed everybody in town. But she did it. And because she did it, God brought provision in her life. 
You may not have anything but a wedding ring and a messed up marriage, but you can start looking at that wedding ring and say little as much when God is in it. You may not have anything but baby pictures of a child who you haven't seen in years, but you can take that baby picture and you can say little as much when God is in it. You may not have enough money to pay your bills this next week, but you can take what you've got and you can begin to say little as much when God is in it.